Hi, wellness friends. Welcome to the wellness table. I am your host, Dr. Cheryl Bothwell, and I am here to share fresh conversations about food, nutrition, health, and bringing you cutting edge science and the latest in food, nutrition, and wellness, and how we can enjoy wellness one delicious bite at a time. And today in this episode, I want to talk a little bit about restrictive dieting and its effect on mood, and it can even lead into depression. And what led me to this was the terrible news that I saw in the Daily Mail, which was on the death of a health and fitness influencer, this Adriana Thyssen, who dies at the age of 49 after losing 100 pounds and how she shared her struggle with addiction and depression with the world. She had millions of followers. She wanted to inspire people to do healthy lifestyle changes. She wanted them to stick with this healthy exercise and eating habits that she had done, and she had a blog about all of this. But her journey is so sad how it comes to an end this weekend and how she shares and became famous for overcoming obesity, making simple habits, simple lifestyle habits. And it was commented in the article and a lot of willpower. We always hear that part. It's tough. Sometimes it can be super hard to lose a hundred pounds. And she did this and she did it vulnerably and transparently, it appears in public. And yet one of the comments that was so sad to read is that she did all of these things, lost a hundred pounds. She made the habit changes and she used all this willpower and yet she couldn't bear the weight of her own life. And it appears to what most people are thinking is that she put an end to it this weekend. It's such a sad story. Again, losing someone to depression. Adriana is her name, Thyssen. It looks like she goes by Drika, um, and that's her blog. Young, beautiful, passionate about life. Um, so much charisma that she shared with the world. And yet, here we see this pattern of addiction and depression. And yet seeing that she wanted to lose this hundred pounds so much and that drive to do that put her into a spiral that I look at, could this have been such a restrictive diet that it fed into the depression? And that's what just led me to think about today is depression is like a very real disease. It's not any less serious than cancer. We don't think of it like that. I think we don't understand it. But when we look at people that are dealing with body image, someone that's overweight, someone that's 100 pounds overweight, what was their life like? What were they treated like? Why was it so important for her to lose the weight? Was she losing it for the health or was she losing it so that she could be accepted and loved? The perception of that by people. It's, we don't know the answer to these things, but I do know from my other patients, this story is so common where people feel that if I just lost 10 pounds, I'd be happier. If I could lose these 25 pounds, then I might be able to save my marriage. Just as we look at body weight and especially with women, but men are dealing with it as well, but feeling judged for what we weigh. And when we think about trying to judge people less. And we try to think about the way we are in our society right now with accepting people, whatever, whatever choices that they make. Are we applying this to people that are also overweight or look different than we do? 
And that's where my heart is, is to see that people that are overweight can really be judged. They're not exercising. I'm sure they eat, binge eat all of the time. Um, They don't have any willpower. If they would just get up and get off the couch and stop sitting all day and they would start doing what I do, or if they ate what I did, they'd look good or they could just get rid of that. It's their own fault, essentially. They're lazy. We can stereotype people that are very overweight in very sad ways. And then people can go all the way to the point that we see strangers that are just leaving comments, bullying someone. We see um, when we look at Selena Gomez and her story of needing a kidney transplant and where her story leads to where she began to gain weight and how she's treated and how bullying we can be and not even understand somebody's health journey or just trying to survive and what medicines they're on or what the whole story. It's no one's business but ours. But ultimately, whatever we were told, if we were made fun of when we were little, if our parents didn't accept us, our parents can do it, our siblings can do it, our friends can do it, and strangers can do it online. But to be able to make fun of someone that looks different than they do and judging that. And that's something that I just seeing the news today and looking that I wanted today to really talk in this podcast about body image and being overweight and what that feels like to the person and how they might respond with dieting, yo-yo dieting, where we gain the weight, we lose the, we will lose the weight, and then we regain it within two years or one year. 95% of people that go on a restrictive diet will regain that weight within two years. And so restrictive diets don't appear to be the answer. And we see a lot of dietitians moving into intuitive eating and eat whatever you want to eat. And we can figure out how we can make that work. Don't feel restrictive because there's this part of us that says, if I can never have ice cream again, if I can never eat that favorite food again, um, I'm going to almost obsess on it. And so as we look at that, if we start to restrict and take away all the things that we love, what's our quality of life? And how's that going to make us feel? And what's that going to do to our mood and our happiness? So it's so important for us to look at health and happiness in one package. You can't separate them. So Adriana is an example of that. She lost her 100 pounds. She was being cheered on by millions. And yet she still wasn't happy. And so how can we help people? That's my heart and my mission to help us find health and happiness. And let's don't forget that who we really are, our culture, the things that we love doing, our celebrations, these are a part of who we really are. And if we have to just sit there and just practice willpower all day, that might not be fun or quality of life for someone. And quality of life is important for us to be healthy mentally healthy, physically healthy, it all comes, you can't separate it. We're all just one person. And so the other thing I like to talk about a little bit, well, in a great way, I would say is hunger. So if we don't look at hunger as a pain point, so if we say, let's have more willpower, well, we immediately then say, that means give this up. I have to give this up. I have to give this up. And that means I need more willpower to do it. And the motivation to do that is so that I can lose weight, so that I'm accepted. Those are the reasons that concern me. If we're trying to change our lifestyle so that we can be healthier, 
that's the goal. But if we go on a restrictive, extreme diet that says, I can lose this weight and that's my goal, not the health impact, but my goal is to just lose the weight so that I can look better, so that I can go to this event, so that I will stop being bullied. Those are the things that usually end up in unhappiness, feeling deprived, and can lead even to depression. And that's what I fear may have happened with Adriana. It's like this might not even have been a life that she could accept or wanted, even though she was at that weight. So if we think if I get to this weight, well, when you get there, it might not be as exciting or happy as that as you may have thought, or it may feel great for a year. But once we get into a long term, it's like, how can we live our healthiest, happiest life? That's the goal. And it will be different for each one of us. And that's what I want this podcast and Dr. Cheryl Wellness to be all about, is to understand you in that journey, not to judge someone else, just each one helping each other and be a wellness community here at Dr. Cheryl Wellness and our podcast and in the Dr. Cheryl Plus membership, where if you're ready and you want to lose 50 pounds, come to Dr. Cheryl Plus. There's my program. It's like walking through being one of my clients and doing my Take 10 program, my 10-day program that was very life-changing. But what I will promise you is it will not be restrictive, and it will be about finding you and finding that balance. And that's what this podcast is about for those of you that can't do that. Um, Another thing I wanted to talk about is Adriana. When I talk about people that can't do it, we think of nutrition and nutrition therapy is it's usually not covered by insurance. Unless you're 100 pounds overweight or have diabetes, Insurance will pay for some courses and some programs that you can go through for so many sessions, so many times in your lifetime. But when we look at it overall, we're just looking from one book to one influencer to one post at a time to try to find what's our way of losing this weight or how can I be, how can I drop those pounds and may not be getting the support that we need. So what I did with Dr. Cheryl Plus is that I wanted to have a program that was affordable from your own home. I wanted a free section of it. So I could offer recipes and blog and this podcast so that I can share every week the latest of science, news stories like this, so that you can be on the cutting edge of nutrition, food, and wellness and health from a trusted source. Um, I also have a weekly newsletter that you can sign up for and just get all the latest information. But those of you that want more, it is Dr. Cheryl Plus that I can be with you and be available to you for those of you that want a deeper dive. So I just want you to know that I do have a program that is very affordable and it's not something that um, people cannot afford because that's one of the comments I saw with Adriana was that she could not afford nutrition therapy. And so she had to seek finding her own way in her journey of losing this hundred pounds, which was really sad to me. Um, to see. I don't know how she did it or how that worked for her, but I fear it may not have been the healthiest way to do it. I I do not know that story. This also triggered in me, and just a personal story, is that my own daughter, who I talked about last week, I lost her at the age of 17 to cancer. And it's a very sad story for a mom and to lose a child, but so many things I learned from her short 17 years on this planet. And one was that In her medical condition, she was born with a lot of hormone deficiencies. And in those deficiencies, growth hormone, she was the youngest ever diagnosed at National Institute of Health. Um, 
with growth hormone deficiency. So we started injecting her with growth hormone at the age of 12 months. It was super hard for me. I felt like we didn't know enough. This was before I had my doctoral work and the education that I have now. And I was a young mom trying to save my daughter. And as I saw her journey that now all of a sudden the growth hormone's working and she's starting to thrive and she's starting to gain weight and she's starting to grow. And then I began to see that as she hit adolescence, that she began to gain weight and gain weight to the point that she was very overweight as a teenager from being a very, very thin uh, little girl. And this change, people would constantly comment about, man, you've gained a lot of weight because they would see this rapid weight gain as we were trying to adjust hormones and figure out where was that right spot for, for my daughter. And I just, the comments that I heard, the things that people would say, if your program works so well, after I began to become educated, I became a dietitian, I started my doctorate in clinical nutrition, I had not graduated before she passed away, but in that journey of me spending my life studying nutrition and dietetics and really looking at food as medicine and seeing people say to me, if everything that you're doing works, why is your daughter so fat? That was said to me multiple times and in front of her at large events, lectures, presentations that I would give um, and uh, broke my heart to see the harshness of what people can say. And I had never experienced that. I had not been an overweight child, so I did not know firsthand, but I really learned through my daughter that being overweight can be a very painful experience for the way the world treats you. And that's a very sad um, way of living. And of course, I can see as she got older, had she lived, she probably would have wanted to go from one diet to the next and not even worried about the health impact of it. Just how do I get this weight off as fast as possible? But one of the things that was really sad to me, and I think this is just the pain of someone that's overweight and they really overweight and they don't know how, they've had failed attempts yo-yo dieting, keep regaining the weight and hating their body, the depression from that, the frustration from that. I thought my daughter was handling it very well. But one day she said to me, well, you know, the best part of getting cancer is that I got to lose all of the weight and now people will stop making fun of me for being fat. Now that just took my breath away. Like um, here I'm watching my daughter just moving down a terrible road that I fear where it was going and where it did go and her thinking about her body weight in that process. And that's when I realized that she was a victim of this more than I even understood um, of being bullied, treated bad because of her body weight. And I use that story and I use it all the time as I talk about her story and I want to use the story of Adriana and that 100 pounds overweight and not judging these people. And we don't know their journey, but let's love, let's be accepting of other people and also ourselves. And let's think about whatever genetic blueprint we were born with. I want to be taller. I want to be thinner. I, whatever it is, let's start accepting and loving more and start recognizing that health and happiness go hand in hand. And so understanding and accepting our body in its natural genetic blueprint is really important and doing that for others. 
And I think that's really my heart in today's message is how can we do that? But I think it's super important for us to also understand. I want to hit a few points about the journey of people that are overweight and what they're experiencing and why they may be hitting a wall. And the challenge is, is if we're trying to lose weight, we immediately assume I have to give up everything I love. It feels restrictive. I'm assuming that healthy food won't taste good. So I wanted to unravel all of that and say, hey, how can we be as healthy as we can be, reach our healthy weight, and live that healthiest weight for a lifetime, and not feel deprived, and to not be using every single white-knuckled uh, motivation, willpower every single day, because that is stress to our body. We'll wear it down. And that's what can cause the depression. So restrictive diets are connected to mood, poor mood, and just not feeling happy. And people that already have depression and other health issues, this can just catapult that into a very negative, unhealthy place for them to be um, in their mental health. So it's super important for us to look at body weight and have that conversation and know that my goal is for you to be as healthy as you can be. And I want this to be your goal. How can I be as healthy as I can be? What's that lifestyle? Health isn't a static point in time. It's not a body weight. It's not a measure. It's how am I living? What am I doing today to be as healthy as I can today? Let's stop looking at the scale and let's start looking at what can I do more of? So in my diet and longevity score, it's all about health and longevity, the 10 foods that I want to eat every day and the 10 habits of living that I want to practice every day. And am I doing those things? And it's a score of 20. So how close can I get to 20? And you just sort of challenge of the things to do more. And then I show food combinations that are hunger crushing combinations um, I hear Abby Sharp talk about that is the hunger crushing combo. And I love the way she says that. And that's what's important is, yes, there are certain foods we want to eat every single day, but the way we combine them, that's what I call is the Dr. Cheryl plate. And that plate, it's in the Dr. Cheryl Plus uh, membership. If you decide you want to do the actual program, I would love to see you on the inside if you want a deeper dive. But for those of you on the podcast here, Oh, and I want to tell you that that's at drcherylwellness.com. You can check out the membership. But for those of you that are here and you just want a message for this podcast, I just want you to think about that our meals have to be combined, that we can eat certain foods that will help us to feel full and crush hunger. The food combinations that we eat are the key to that. So we can eat all the different foods all at one time. Let's say I can eat all my greens over here and I can eat all my, um, let's say I'm drinking my beverage over here. But when we think about what do we need to eat at each meal to be able to turn off hunger? We've talked about this in other podcasts. And one of the key things is we have to look at fiber. Are we getting enough fiber? That will keep us full and shut down hunger. And it will turn off the hunger hormones and stop those cravings. If we have protein, when we see the amount of protein that we have, that also will turn off hunger and also fat. So dietary fat, if we're looking at having that avocado, you'll see that like some of the healthy whole plant fats will also turn off hunger. So as we're looking at these combinations of fiber, 
that's only going to come from whole plant foods. When we're looking at getting enough protein, we don't need to worry about not getting enough protein so much on our day as I am worried about in that meal combination and the right amount of healthy plant fat. And if we get that combination, we can turn off hunger. So we're not sitting there starving, feeling deprived. And I'm a cookbook author. Um, and I did that to stay home with my kids, sold over 2 million cookbooks. It, and a book is due right now. That's really something that's the next checkbox for me is to start my next book of all the family favorite recipes, the recipes that I did in Take 10 that were so life-changing. But the key is they have to be delicious. So how do we get foods that we love to eat, they're absolutely delicious, and they're putting us in that lifestyle where we're doing everything that we can to be as healthy as we can be today, but we don't feel deprived and we don't feel hungry and we'll feel full for four hours. That's the key is to feel full for four hours and to improve insulin sensitivity. So if our body can get the fuel that it needs and we can start letting our body be more sensitive to the insulin that we're getting, so we're not doing as much refined sugar, if we're looking at the combinations of food that we eat, we can start to feel full for four hours and we can start to move our body by doing more of the things that keep us full and make us healthy. And that will move us to feeling like, oh, I, I'm watching my body begin to move to a healthy body weight. That's a lifestyle. That's health as a lifestyle. And that's what my goal is, is that we can accept our body for where we are at every point in the journey, recognizing that we'll have good days, bad days, off days. But ultimately, I want you to know the formula to turn off hunger and to find food because I love delicious food and you're going to get recipes from me. I'd love to have you hear from me each week with, with my podcast, but also I send a newsletter every week that has all my latest content with recipes and just making things really delicious. So finding that, those three breakfasts that you really love, those three lunches that you love, that you actually crave and three dinners that will do that. That's going to be key to making this a lifestyle and not a short-term quick fix diet. That's really the goal so that we get out of this vicious cycle of eat, crave, snack, energy slump, repeat. And we use caffeine to wake up and we have a glass of wine in the evening to relax. I want us to be able to feel good eating the healthiest food that we can and achieve our optimal health, but not forget the happy factor. And you can do these things and not give up everything that you love. So every one of my plates, there's a section that says, what's your favorite food? So when we fill up and we do more of what makes us well, we don't have a lot of room left for adding the happy food. So we're eating less of it, but we're still not saying I never can have that again. And so that's really my goal in, for you and for this week is try to do more of the things that make us well. Think of that 10-minute walk, that oxygen cocktail. Last podcast, I talked about it. I talked about it with insulin sensitivity. Check out that podcast where it's like, how do I drop my toxic waste? And 10-minute walk, I call it an oxygen cocktail right after we eat, can just really help us have more energy and help us fight that insulin resistance that just makes it difficult to lose weight. Because when we're insulin resistant, we can't lose weight. That is build, build store fat. 
And that's the cycle that my daughter got stuck in because of hormones being off and trying to balance them. So we can get stuck in a cycle that our hormones are stopping us from achieving our goal. And so understanding that better is so, so important. I feel like hormones are where there's so much um, misinformation or new information and new science that we're learning. But my goal is for us to look at how can we not forget the happy? How can we accept ourselves, not judge ourselves, get rid of that inner police that says you're bad, criticizing ourselves, we're the worst, our own worst enemy, and not recognizing people for their body weight, but recognizing them for who they are. That is so important to give it to others and to give that gift to yourself. So that's my heart for you. That's what my goal is for you this week is that we can love ourselves, accept ourselves, be as healthy as we can be today. And let's don't forget how can we be as happy as we can be today. And let's don't lose any more people that are lost in being bullied or treated poorly for not being a weight that somebody thinks they should be. That's what needs to end in our culture. And that's what I hope our message can be today. So love yourself. Love you guys. I will see you all next week. And this is Dr. Cheryl Wellness. And again, it's at drcherylwellness.com that you can reach my website with all kinds of free resources. And if you're looking for a deeper dive or you do need to lose that extra weight and you want some extra support, my Dr. Cheryl membership is literally like seeing me individually as a client where I'm walking you through in a program. It's a digital program that will take you through a journey of how you can make lifestyle changes as healthy, learn to eat foods that you love, new recipes regularly. And I'm there to answer all of your questions along the way. And we also have a private podcast just for members that takes a deeper dive each week on every topic that you're interested in. So check out Dr. Cheryl plus membership at drcherylwellness.com. And I hope to see you next week on this podcast, The Wellness Table. Have a great week.